Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. I'm John Polstra. And I'm Greg Monteith. So where are we going today, rogue leader? Well, Johnny, we're going to hold stay on target. And we are going to... Uh, I love the rogue leader. Little Star Wars on Stay on target. <laughs> Greg, I can't hold stay on target. We are going to round out our coaching versus Christianity discussion today. And I, I think what I'd like to try to do is to take some of the things that you've raised, you've, you've talked about various different, you know, um, principles uh, of coaching, uh, the kind of requisites, the things that are needed if it's going to work, and then the various components of coaching, what makes it work. And I think that the value here in this, as I stated, you know, through the last four or five, however many podcasts we've done on this subject, is on the one hand, people do find themselves, Christians find themselves being very much more engaged with certain areas of their lives that don't seemingly have much to do with Christianity and less engaged with the, you know, uh, with their Christian beliefs. And, and on the one hand, I want to say that's normal. On the other one hand, I want to say in many ways, I think that could be very legitimate. And so I think the value, the main value I see in the discussions we've had so far in this coaching and Christianity sort of uh, theme is that there is a lot within coaching to grab onto and value. And I think some of those things, many of them translate in certain ways to Christianity. And I think this, they also allow us another context to evaluate, well, what am I doing with my faith? What am I doing with my Christian life and practice? How does that play out? Um, and, and are some of these activities and engagements and commitments um, are there some difficulties with some of these things? Like, am I setting myself up for things that just don't work as well? And what would happen if we tweak things this way or that way? So that's kind of um, the overview from my perspective. How does that sound to you? Are there any like core questions that have come to, like if we were to take it out of the context of coaching, maybe coaching doesn't relate or resonate to listeners. Mm -hmm. Would, how could you, how would you distill this into, I don't know, some questions that would help people evaluate whether help them understand or relate to Christianity in the way that you feel is such a strong tie or relationship with coaching. Right. Well, I mean, I can ask you some of these questions, you know, we have over the past, <laughs> over the past number of sessions, like what do you value about coaching? What, what grabs your attention? What keeps you coming back? You know, and you can, you can you can answer if if you like, or you know, I I I know some of these answers too. But I think a big part of it it doesn't have to be coaching. You're right, but if you're legitimately engaged with something, is to dig into what is it about that thing, and what it is it about you that form a kind of vital connection. And instead of feeling guilty about, oh, I don't have that with my Christianity, or I should be doing this with my Christianity, or I shouldn't be putting so much time into whatever the thing is, coaching or whatever, just like put that aside, bracket that out for now and just say, okay, you know what? I really do like this thing. This thing meshes with me um, and I get really um, a lot out of it. What's that about? What does it look like? And just, just sketch it out, right? When I wonder too, this is kind of not what we had 
kind of pre-planned, but has this also happened to you in the leading and experiences of the Sunday morning discussion thing you were doing at your church? Well, you know, as soon as you said that, I thought, uh, I think, I think it's time to drop a bomb. <laughs> What's that? I would say that where this has been extremely, where this has happened to me is when I became an agnostic, when I walked away from Christianity. And in many regards, I think for many Christians hearing that, that's something you just can't process. It's like, how on earth could that have value for Christianity? Right? How can walking away have value for Christianity? And, and I think... That doesn't sound like a bomb to me. I feel like you've said that a number of times. Well, I think it's a bomb for a lot of listeners. Wait, right? what's for the bomb? Of, I'm not hearing the bomb. I think the bomb is that there's a value in turning your back on the thing that you're never supposed to turn your back on. Mm. So right? allowing were, that possibility, or you're, are you actually encouraging people to do it? I'm encouraging people to be really focused on truth and really focused on love and to ask themselves some hard questions about how within a framework that is supposed to be the greatest framework for uh, invigorating and perpetuating love and truth, how is that really working out? How is that framework really providing those resources or helping you identify areas where you can grow in these ways and fostering that growth for you. And so what are you saying to someone that says, wow, I evaluate it, there's nothing here, or there's very little? What are you still doing here? Mm. Why are you still why are you still here? And they may, you know, there's a variety of answers that people could offer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not judging them for why they are where they are, but I would want them to think critically about, well, why am I still here? What decision have I made? And so, yeah, I think what agnosticism did for me is it helped me open my eyes. And I began opening my eyes, you know, as things sub uh, sequentially within my Christian life began to break down. It was like a cart or something with wheels on it. And the more load I put on it, the more I demanded of it because life was beating me down. Um, the more I demanded of it, the more the wheels began to crack, give way. And finally, it's just, it's just flat on the ground. It's not moving. I've got no forward traction at all. I'm stuck here and I didn't want to be stuck. And I didn't want to believe something that I honestly thought was a lie. So I gave it up. Um, and I kept that orientation with me and that very orientation on the one hand, not wanting to believe something that's a lie. On the other hand, wanting to believe something you know, on the, the same other side of the coin, but it's the same coin. Wanting to believe that which is most truthful is what eventually led me back to Christianity, though, you know, thanks to a lot of new understandings and new experiences. So, you know, I think, I think coaching might be a little like agnosticism, right? It's got a different theory than Christianity. It's coming at it from different from a different perspective. Mm. And some of it's like some of the stuff you've got here, like principles, people are creative, resourceful, and whole. I mean, some of that threatens very widely held and, and kind of quote unquote, obvious Christian views. But I think there's something in that threat or that contrast 
Um, you know, and my goal is not to harmonize these two things. I'm not trying to harmonize coaching and Christianity. I'm not trying to make one into the other. I'm trying to allow them to be legitimately themselves and their own, but also asking how can inputs, in this case, from coaching, something that you are really compelled by. So it's informing. It's informing. Yeah. Okay, but I, okay, I think you made a really yeah. important distinction there because, yeah, I've kind of understood that... Mm, yeah, I don't know. I kind of had the sense that you were trying to harmonize them. Although I don't think that you ever said that. I think that was kind of my what I was sensing. But when you say informing, that's that's different. Yeah. Well, no, I, no, I don't think I can harmonize them because I don't think... I, I'm just going to say it this way, and, and, and listeners may take issue with this. Uh, on the one hand, and I don't think listeners would take issue with this, I don't think coaching has got it all right. On the other hand, I would say the version of Christianity that I often hear from you does not have it all right. And coaching has got it better in some cases. So in some cases, the Christianity of your past may have something to say to coaching. And I think definitely a kind of uh, robust, informed, authentic Christianity has a lot to say to coaching. On the other hand, I think coaching has a lot to say to the Christianity of your past, and has some things also to say to the typical Christianity of most evangelical churches. Mm. So okay. I'm not trying to that's bring them together. And, yeah, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad because yeah, that's I didn't. No, no I, I don't think try. I don't know that you. I think you've been pretty clear about you know trying to see what I could. Yeah, I don't know. At some moments, I th I think I thought you were harmonizing, but I think you've been mm -hmm. very very clear right here. Okay, good. Good, good. Yeah. Well, and, and and I part of the effort to let coaching stand on its own and to start with coaching, right? Normally what Christians would do is they'd start with Christianity and say, "Well, let's use Christianity to critique coaching and we can make a Christian version of coaching." Or is coaching Christian? First, or is coaching... first you'd have to answer that question. Right. Well, yeah, or you know, if it's not Christian enough, let's Christianize it. <laughs> The issue I have with that, and this is massive, is that you may be coming from a perspective a la, you know, what's the tagline of our, our podcast? Untangling, you know, diffusing uh, destructive ideologies, untangling snarled ideas, considering love and truth in Christianity. You may be coming from a Christian perspective that may have destructive ideologies as part of it that you haven't identified as such, and that may have a landscape that is somewhat, uh, you know, touched by, even strewn with, snarled, confused ideas that you then try to apply as a, as a legitimate yardstick to coaching and say, let's change coaching. When in fact, you know what? There are some issues with the way that people are believing and the way that they are embodying those beliefs that coaching could actually fix if you listened to it long enough, understood it well enough, and gave it a shot. Right, and that requires a bit of a translation. We're translating um, some things to do with coaching into a more, maybe not a Christian context, but more of a neutral context, right? Because coaching's got some things to say about who human beings are, about how to live life well, about um, how two people can engage in a helping relationship. These are really helpful things in my mind, you know? So even the whole idea about about Christian education, I remember when we talked before about um, 
the Sunday morning uh, times that I was leading uh, at this church up until recently, and uh, mentioning that I had put out a survey. And I was asking participants to evaluate whether the course material was right for them, given where they're at in their lives. And you, I think, made the comment something like, you know, it's, it seems like a, a really unusual situation to think that a course might not be right for uh, a Christian oh, yes. education or, you know what I mean? Might yeah, not be it, right for every Christian. Yes. But no. <laughs> and I think your coactive coaching contract is just, is a fantastic example. Mm. That, that can be taken into, into a Christian context. And, and so, yes, I mean, on the one hand, I did the survey for uh, the questionnaire for participants. And now, you know, you've helped me out with this too, the, the whole survey where I'm going to um, ask participants to take a survey and I'm going to see, well, okay, are you somebody that I think I can work with? Or might you need to take a different course of study, a different kind of approach that's somewhat more, I don't know, uh, more foundational. Yeah. And that right? was kind of, we were throwing some, some, uh, well, I don't know how how real some of my questions were, but it was really interesting that we were we were throwing these back and forth over the chat and Skype of formulating these questions. They were essentially multiple choice questions. So right. uh, I don't know. Can you think of one of my? I mean, some of them we were tr intentionally trying to make funny, but it was really interesting how how leading you could bury so much in a question and also learn so much from the answers that people might pick. Well, I've got a couple here if you want to. Yeah, throw some of them out. Just as an example. Okay. So, yeah, and I, I, I've got things to say about these too. Question one, if someone that I don't know tells me that a biblical passage is troubling or disturbing, I would first, A, ask whether she or he is a Christian. B, rule out exposure to poor teaching by asking the person to reread the passage, relying on only what the Holy Spirit informs the person. C, assure him or her that the Bible is clear and that God is good. D, ask what the passage is and what troubles him or her about it. E, wonder how God is using the passage in this person's life and so offer how God has used the passage in my life. So what's the right answer? <laughs> well, I think this is the deal. <laughs> this is the deal. Like I'm being facetious. But, but this is what I love about it, because, I mean, as you and I were talking about this type of thing, I think it's entirely legitimate. Like, like you, you might have, I'm not sure if you use the word leading in there or not, but I don't think this is leading at all. I think people are going to go through this. And one of the things I wanted to attach to this survey is indicate up to three questions that were very hard to answer because there were too many good answers and indicate up to three questions that were very hard to answer because there were no good answers. And so I think people are going to really take this seriously and, and I, as Christians, and I think that that's fantastic. And I think it also gives a lot of information about where somebody's coming from, what their priorities are, right? When, yeah, and I think it also like super, super clarifies a perspective that they hold, like yeah. how they are approaching something, right. a particular situation in their life, a way of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll give you one more. I'll just throw one more out. A member of your church asked for prayer to stop smoking. Later that week, you see this man smoking. When you speak next Sunday, what would be most important? What would be most important to do? A, tell him that you have been praying for him. B, offer him 
some resources on willpower that you found helpful. C, ask him how his week has been. D, inquire about his spiritual life this past week. E, provide a gentle but firm rebuke in order to hold him accountable. Hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I is think... there like an option that that picks multiple ones of them? Hmm. See, that would fall into one of those. Maybe this is one of those questions out of say, let's say the survey is going to be twenty questions long. You're going. You might choose this question and say there were too many good answers about this question. I answered number uh, D, but I could have answered a couple of others. And I think that too is going to help people. And part of the process with the survey is not only for me to know, you know, are they ready for this course? Would they be better suited for that course or this approach? But also to give feedback to the individual and say, okay, so, you know, here are the answers you've offered. They fit into certain typologies, right? And, and create some of, think about some of the typologies that exist. And I think that's been one of the good things about, uh, for me, uh, working with this church is that I've seen different people continue to come with the same approach week, you know, not week after week, but for whatever weeks they're there, that approach just dominates. It just jumps out. Right. And it's amazing. I think it's just a, it's a yardstick or it's a rudder or it's like a pitcher. It's a pitcher who only has one pitch. And I think as Christians, one or of the a perspective we, or a lens, like, so everything yeah. is looked through, through this one pair of glasses that are at a certain magnification level or clarity. Right, right. And as you know, or I, I don't know what your eyes are like, but my eyes are such that I need uh, glasses with different um, uh, types of magnification based on what I'm doing. How yep, close I've reached is. that stage of life. <laughs> so, you know, but I, I think that's part of, I think that's a good analogy for Christians in general. We, we would want to be supple enough and informed enough and skilled enough to be able to engage on a variety of levels because the things that we're engaging with, whether it's somebody who's reading a, a Bible passage and is troubled, whether it's somebody who asks for prayer to stop smoking, but it doesn't or isn't, these things have got a lot, you know, they're complicated. They'll say more about where you're going with this. I already know, but I don't think other people, you mentioned these courses, these classes, like where, tell people more where you're headed, what you're thinking. Well, I, I think what ultimately um, is my goal, and I, I've been working on this for, for a little while here, um, is to essentially offer a set of services to churches that will allow uh, Christian communities to be able to, you know, in many ways, do some of the things that we are promoting on the podcast, right? Again, going back to that tagline. So diffusing destructive ideologies. So are there, are there destructive ideologies in terms of viewpoints you hold about God, about yourself, how you engage with others, how you read your Bible? Does, does your Bible reading actually undermine your ability to be in right relationship with God? Because I think that's possible. I think we've, we've at least shown that at, at different times over the last 140 plus episodes, right? So there's there's dealing with destructive ideologies. There's unsnarling, confused ideas that I think um, tend to not have the same impact as a as a destructive ideology, but tend to get people off in the weeds. Tend to put resources into use f towards goals that are not top priorities. Right, would be better used elsewhere. 
And then the final piece, which which is the the really big piece, is considering love and truth in Christianity. And that's come out, I, doubtless it's come out many times as we've been podcasting, but I don't think that any type of um, larger organized presentation of that material, um, I don't think I've made that. And so over the past... Um, couple of years, I've been working on a whole series of, uh, um, you know, a curriculum, seminars, uh, I've got a mentorship program going in, and, a, and even a new kind of program. Um, I won't say it. It's maybe a new way of engaging with Christianity, right? Where if church is for Christians, then this program, which I would call, at least I'm calling now, Life and Faith, is simply for people. Right? It's for everyone. And um, my hope is that it will be approachable, valuable, and a breath, breath of fresh air for a lot of Christians, and yet also something that people who aren't Christians will actually find valuable um, and feel like they've got a voice. You know, just like coaching, I would want coaching to have its voice and say, hey, you know what? Um, people that are coached in a good coaching situation make progress. What's progress look like? in a church situation. How much progress do you feel you're making? You know, and that's only one sort of comparison, but I think it's a valid one. So, so yeah, over the next little while, I hope to be presenting, or I will be presenting, um, various parts of this project uh, that I'm calling the integration project, this whole idea of integrating life and faith, you know, um, and integrating, I guess, if you will, uh, um, and incorporating love and truth. So do you see this as preparing for a longer-term trajectory of this, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, service or thing that you would do in churches? Are you, I think at one time you said something maybe about doing it online. What What's in your head? What's the timeline in terms of, and, and I'm, I feel like I'm doing a little commercial for you here, but I really am, cannot remember like what, where your thinking is or where you're going with it. So I wanted to get it out there. Well, you know, you and I have talked about this idea before of, uh, you know, in terms of the online piece, the, the kind of um, Labrie style formal meal conversations, you know, and, and the whole idea of virtual Labrie-ish sort of meal conversations, virtual uh, Vabri or whatever it is, you know, however you want to frame it. But, um, I think that that is a possibility. It's probably something more linked to, or more akin to what I'm calling, um, the seminars, um, which is really taking, you know, an hour and a half, uh, maybe two hours to begin looking at some of the, uh, the things that aren't working in, um, many Christian contexts and try to, you know, identify the pieces that are problematic and consider various different solutions. You know, I'm not about trying to promote uh, one way of seeing things, but more about trying to uh, facilitate growth in participants so that they are able to adjudicate for themselves. You know, first of all, identify, assess, and then adjudicate. What am I doing? Is it working or not? What are the other options and why might they be better or worse? And I think this is what is needed, broadly speaking, in evangelical Christianity. And broadly speaking, there's so much, uh, um, you know, here are the right answers. 
memorize them, um, put them into practice, and you'll be fine. And, you know, I've heard you say time and time again, you memorized all the right answers. And in real life, they weren't the right answers. And you weren't fine. And, yeah, uh, and also make sure that you you hold to them. Because if you don't hold to them, then the wheels will come off the bus. Right. And so I guess we're looking at where the wheels are already off the bus and people are still holding on. You know, and if if someone's, if someone's very ardently of the position that the wheels uh, are still on the bus, um, then that would be interesting. It would be interesting to hear, you know, from folks like that and to hear uh, how and why the wheels are still on the bus. Um, but yeah, I guess um, in terms of timeline, I'm at this point sort of uh, preparing this package in a formal sense, in a larger sense, and I'm uh, sending it out to to churches, to denominations, to other groups, and seeking um, essentially to provide uh, my services to them um, in an effort to help um, create and um, encourage maybe uh, a greater sense of integration between life and faith, uh, between creation and salvation. Um, and if someone listening right now wants some more information, send it to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. And that will get absolutely. you in touch with both of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be good. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, in the whole coaching piece too, uh, there, are, there are a bunch of areas here that I've written down that I think are important, you know, and, and I think the two things I would mention about any, whether it's coaching or anything like that, when you're trying to, um, allow that other thing that's really interesting and valuable to you to stand out. Um, on the one hand, I would want to allow that thing to speak back to my Christian perspective, uh, in a way that, it would satisfy some of the key values of that thing, whatever it is. And I would also want to be really um, careful not to, again, allow some of our typical Christian categories to just trump whatever categories comes out of this other perspective. So the whole, you know, principles within coaching that we're creative, resourceful, and whole, and all of a sudden we've got... Uh, you know, oh, no, no, people aren't whole, they're broken, they're fallen. And that, that would, you know, uh, either at very, at very least it would disallow that, that viewpoint of wholeness, or it might just disallow and, and disqualify coaching, uh, entirely. And so, no, so there's I, hold them in tension, try to hold them, try not to just go one way or the other, but to, yes. Okay. Yes. And I would take a more kind of indirect sort of oblique approach to Christianity and saying, well, what is this, what is, what are these principles telling me? What are they informing me about? They're, they're talking, they relate to life. They relate to myself. They relate to how other people's, um, they're an information source to me. And how would I typically engage with such things? And I think what will happen when, when Christians start taking a more indirect oblique approach that can't just dismiss, they can't just put down the, the Christian card and Trump, whatever that thing is, I think what's going to happen is people are going to realize they really don't have a lot of information and a lot of um, content to how they approach some of these things. How do you approach life? How do you, what is your view of yourself and how is it developed? What is your view of others in the real world? What is your view of other information sources and their relative strength to Christianity? 
right? Is, I think what's going to happen, what people would typically see is in each of these areas, Christian views always trump. And my view, my, my response to that is, um, A, I don't see that in the Bible. And B, that doesn't road test well in real life. No, and I, I want to jump into because you mentioned values in passing. And I think values, if you're not familiar with that term or what they are, can be a huge informer into who you are as a person. Bingo, yeah. And it's so important when you're doing that work that that you remove the judgment. In other words, this is something that I... And so what are values? Values are those things that that typically you prefer the most when you're doing them or they exist, make you feel the most alive. Mm. An interesting way to also come at things you value is the things that make you the angriest or frustrated. Mm. That's a good point. So, and I've done some of this work with clients and it's really surprising. I've also done it myself. So, you know, the simple obvious example is someone cuts you off in traffic and you get really angry. What is it that you, what, what just, what value just got majorly crossed there? Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe it's, uh, you know, stay in your own lane, Bustard, you know, <laughs> maybe it's safety. Maybe it's, uh, competence, you know, fairness, I, yeah. fairness whatever. Uh, so that can be another way to come at, you know, what are the things mm. that are most important in value? Another mm-hmm. way to come at this is to think of some really peak experiences in your life. You know, maybe those top three or four things when you felt just absolutely the most alive, in touch with yourself, grounded. Mm-hmm. Wow, I wish I could, I wish this could last forever. Mm-hmm. Think on those, think about one of those or two of those situations and think, what was the essence of what was going on there? What were the themes? What were the things that I really valued? They were probably going on at that time. And so that could be another right. way to access those values. But yes, and I think maybe this is where some of the crisis for me happened was, well, mm. <laughs> I value clarity and lack of <laughs> chaos. And I want to be clear on what do I believe? And there wasn't really a good way to get there. So right. there was dissonance there. And so, yes, and sitting and playing with that dissonance, kind of realizing, okay, well, if, yeah, because if, if you just approach it with, well, Christianity always trumps it, you're never going to get it a really clear, honest answer for yourself. Exactly. And you're part of the equation. Right, right. And so. what you values matters. Mm. It's an innate, but the thing about values too that I found is they are an innate sense of who you are. Mm-hmm. And they're not right or wrong, and they're usually not changeable. In other words, yeah. you could come to me and say, "John, you know, you place you, you place way too much importance on clarity." And and I would say, "Yeah, maybe in some situations I do, and it's a detriment." Mm-hmm. But but to simply say, "Well, you just need to get rid of that pers- part of your personality." I, yeah, there are situations where I need to loosen up and, and, and be a little more okay with ambiguity. Uh, noted. I'll take that. But in terms of saying, you know, that part of your personality, you just need to get rid of and just like exercise from who you are. 
I don't, I don't think that's possible. Yeah. And that kind of ties in with some very early conversations we've had about, you know, the whole idea of making, uh, more room for the Holy Spirit means less, less of me. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, uh, some of our discussions from not long fans, ago, so long, ago. long ago, but wow. It sounds like this is a, yeah, this is, this is a, uh, thank you for, for mentioning those things. That's, that's really helpful. So in terms of uh, where we go from here, um, I was just going to ask you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you'll probably, you're going to hear a, a lot less of me, at least for a while. Greg's going to be doing some, uh, solo episodes going deeper on some of these things that he's been studying and working on. I'm going to be taking a little bit of a step back from the podcast. I'm still here and we'll still drop in from time to time. And uh, so just kind of wanted to throw that out there. People are like, wait a minute, where's John? Uh, John's still here. <laughs> John's pulling the final leg of the the, the, the coaching. The uh, certification. I got an exam coming up and some things. Marathon. And yeah. and also just, I feel for myself right now, it's, it's time to take a little bit of a step back from the podcast and uh, get some yeah. new perspectives and... Who knows? I, I have some, you know, some possible topics up my sleeve or things that I still want to bounce around with you. So we'll, we'll just kind of see what happens there. So, and yep. again, if you want to reach us, feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. And uh, there's the Facebook group and the website and however else are, you want to reach us. Yeah, we're still here. And I think we're we're ramping into that really that that second half of our, um, what I'm hoping our uh, podcast uh, tagline, considering love and truth in Christianity and really putting that out there. What does that mean? How does that work? And why would it be a better option? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no. And I think, no, I think that's well said because as I've said a number of times, I wanted us to get to the point of, of bringing something new or putting something forward versus critiquing something from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we've we've shown over the last 140 plus episodes that there are definitely uh, destructive ideologies within Christianity, and definitely some um, confused ideas, some snarled ideas. And uh, I think now we're—I don't know—it it feels like a pivot or a new direction, and where that new direction so. takes us, who knows? We will see. Yeah, but looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. So, well, thank you, my man. Thank you. I look forward to you uh, telling me that uh, you are fully certified in the not too distant future and seeing where that takes you. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Untangling Christianity podcast. A summary and resources for this episode are at our website, untanglingchristianity.com If you'd like to join our private Facebook group or reach us by email send your requests, questions or even a simple hello to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com Music on this podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license.